and welcome back to the Ghoul Guide Association, a not-so-secret society where we talk about the Gothic and all things pop culture and history across the centuries. We, of course, are your Ghoul Guides. I am Lauren. And I'm Mary. And today we are going to be talking about one of the secret societies that has become, I would say, like, the secret society which is hilarious when i tell you how it started or is it the worst secret society like <laughs> i feel like everyone knows about this secret society like and yeah everyone does know about the secret society but they don't this is the thing what this secret society actually is how it started what it stood for and what people think this secret society is if you believe the conspiracy theorists are two very different things which is why i thought that this would be a good episode to do. So if you listened to our last episode, all about our pal Nicholas Flamel, who may or may not still be out there, we talked about secret societies um, a little bit there and the fact that if we know that you're a secret society, then you're pretty shit <laughs> because, well, secret is in the name. Um... <laughs> I'm, I, for one, I'm not going to confirm or deny whether Nicholas Flamel has been in touch with us or not. Yeah. So, you know it will remain a mystery um mm-hmm. shout out nick <laughs> <laughs> yeah also just an unrelated note and um, we've got a new follower nick um and uh, yeah just <laughs> shout out all right so how's your wife for us <laughs> thanks for gifting us unlimited riches on our coffee <laughs> we're only carrying on with this as an illusion that nothing's changed <laughs> but yeah anyway so so secret societies um sounds great where do i sign up <laughs> secret societies it's quote unquote um well i mean school guide mm. association i feel like we've already semi made this into a not so secret society we already have many of the trappings uh to be fair because a secret society essentially is by definition, an order or a movement in which membership is some kind of secret or by invitation only. You cannot open apply. There's no, you know, board up that says, hey, we meet here every 6 p.m. on a Friday. And the secret and secret society kind of comes a little bit more from the idea of secret, like secret religions. So secret religions going back to or cult religions or secret cults kind of goes back to Greek and Roman areas where like a specific god or goddess would be worshipped. So, you know, you have you don't have a mainstream religion um, in, you know, ancient Greece in the same way, perhaps, as you do if you think of something like an ordered religion like Islam or Christianity. Um, but you would have sex and you would have one particular group of people and they specifically worship uh, Aphrodite, or they specifically worship uh, Mithras. Is a really is is probably one of the most famous ones. That was a secret religion. People knew that it was happening. It wasn't necessarily like hush hush. You can't tell everybody that we worship Mithras. But it wasn't something that like you wore a badge and you told everybody about it and you had an open call. You know, you can just, it's not like a church where you could just walk in on a Sunday and join a service. So secret societies kind of vary on what we mean by secret. And the term secret obviously has become slightly something different over the centuries. So some secret societies were thinking more secret in the ancient way, but some secret societies genuinely were supposed to be 
a secret. And this secret society that we're talking about is the Illuminati. Amazing. Like like we said, the best and the worst secret society. Exactly. Exactly. So if you if you haven't heard of it, then yeah, like where have you been? I guess. Where have you been? So the Illuminati is the secret society that everybody loves to talk about. It will only take you a few recommended video clicks on YouTube to discover somebody who is talking about the Illuminati and something called the New World Order. That's not what this episode is about because that Illuminati doesn't exist. Don't come for me, QAnon. I, I know QAnon is definitely listening to this podcast. Um, but that's actually not what the Illuminati is. Do you know, Mary, when the Illuminati began? Um, I, f- I don't know. Is it quite a recent thing? I feel like it should be a recent thing. Not, not, 19th century? 18th? 20th century? The Illuminati were formed yeah. in 1776 in Bavaria, which we would now consider to be Germany. So this is not the first time the idea of Illuminati has been used. Uh, we are not talking about Alambrado, which is a 16th century, 17th century movement um, that comes out of Spain, which is all about religious perfection and light and illumination. So kind of like a Catholic offshoot to a certain extent, um, that was all about this idea of religious perfection. You probably know this, perfection and perfectionism has a slightly different meaning in a religious, particularly Christian concept. Um, And it's all about basically being closer to God and being more godly and uh, kind of transcending human boundaries and embracing light. And that's what this Alambrado movement was all about. And they were kind of taking that from a much, much earlier, probably kind of first, second century Greek movement, also called the Illuminati. Um, Well, translates as Illuminati. But it but it makes sense, doesn't it? Because like Illuminati, yeah. you you think about like being illumined or being illuminated, and in terms of like having from a specific divine knowledge context, having that being opened up mm-hmm. to you, um, and and you transcending yes. that makes sense because the the kind of the divine secrets or divine knowledge or just the the divine in and of itself, whether that is God or just a kind of spiritual thing is illuminated mm-hmm. yeah. to you. Actually, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned divine secrets. Do you want to just touch a little bit on what that idea of the divine secret is or secret divine knowledge? Well, from a Kabbalistic perspective um, or, or a, an, a perspective within alchemy, which we have mm-hmm. touched on before, it is the idea of um, specifically creation, but the idea of um the the divine within that context of god having the secret knowledge of of the universe and that being able to be known to a certain group of people who have cracked the mysteries or who have you know done the trials or who have studied hard enough and have that kind of knowledge revealed the reason why it's specifically to do with creation is because creation is about life so it is what is what is the secrets of life how do you make life or how do you prolong life so we you know you mentioned Nicholas Flamel he cracked the the divine mysteries because he 
studied enough or decoded the right text in the right way and was able to find the secrets of the philosopher's stone and therefore immortality so it's all connected to that idea of creation obviously god or or the divine being or, or any however you're reading that kind of creator or creators or essence being you know assuming there is some kind of creation to the world and then also creation like an act of creation that 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 made humans and and all of the natural yeah exactly so like um i mean you know we know this because nicholas Mal hit us up this weekend for coffee and he was like hey guys this is how i correct the code but yeah so this idea of the divine secret divine knowledge becomes less kind of like slightly woo-woo mysticism superstition and more a philosophical practice when we get what the enlightenment so you've definitely heard of us talkers uh, heard of us talkers <laughs> you have definitely heard us talk about the enlightenment before uh-huh. but the enlightenment is a late 16th early 17th very much strong 18th century movement technically most scholars would say it's like starts in the the kind of late 17th century and runs into the 18th century but there is some argument to say that some of that philosophy actually starts um like in the 1500s so i'm just covering all bases so nobody gets mad at me um, but the enlightenment really picks up in the early 18th century and it's a movement that says through the study of religion through the study of natural science we can become enlightened we can know ourselves better and through that we can not only become closer to god but we can become better we can we can do more we can have better lives we can live better lives on earth and then also have better existences in the kingdom of heaven afterwards so the enlightenment is this kind of um 18th century blend of christianity and science and everybody loved it it was all kind of like no no superstition no nonsense we're gonna start looking inwards we're gonna think about self creation this is where ideas like the sublime come from yeah everybody loved it apart from the, the lots of people that didn't like the romantics <laughs> but that was later yeah, i was gonna say yeah. no no not everyone not everyone liked it a lot of people didn't like it <laughs> and there's all there's also a kind of um an an elite centric focus of of the enlightenment and yes. you know this idea that oh look here are all of these mostly white european men who are who are so enlightened and <laughs> all of these other kinds of you know like countries just are, are, are so unenlightened yeah. like you know uh it, it does have a kind of it's a superiority complex i guess yeah it was a philosophy that was used to justify empire mm, yeah which is an important context when we think about why does it go hand in hand with the idea of secret societies because secrets and illumination Mm. and enlightenment don't seem to go together but there was this superiority to it and despite the fact that some people could not be possibly be enlightened because they were not allowed an education there was this idea that some people were naturally more enlightened than others so on the 1st of may 1776 a guy named adam weishaupt founds the illuminati all based on the principles of enlightenment and their core tenets were anti-superstition anti obscuration basically they didn't like it when people obscured things they wanted transparency 
obscurationism? I think it's obscurationism. Anti-religious power, which is interesting, because if we think about the one other secret society that we've talked about that did not really take itself that seriously, these did. The Hellfire Club, they were also very anti-religion. They were a, they were the YOLO secret society. And the final thing is anti-abuse of state power. So the original Illuminati on paper look like a group I would join. I probably wouldn't be invited because I'm a woman and wasn't from a wealthy background. <laughs> um, oh, maybe are, you saying, are, you, are you saying that women can't be enlightened or illumined? illumined <laughs> i'm an illumined woman um i mean i think they can but i don't think adam weishaupt and his friends in 1776 did <laughs> i mean i'll just say this now nothing sounds more boring to me than just a group of a group that is exclusively men <laughs> mate just you wait until i tell you about these people <laughs> ah, they were they would have been so much not fun. Yeah, <laughs> they would yeah. have been incredible fun in terms of being an outsider. But honestly, they, they do not sound like they knew how to have a good time. Seriously. But why did Weishaupt feel the need to make this secret society? Can I also just make it? Uh, sorry, this is going to be a very flippant joke. But like, why do why do people, you know, especially like men, find find the need to start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway. Jane, because I saw Barbie this weekend and all I want to do is make Ken jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but please do. It's um, so good. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, men just need to embrace their energy and yeah. acknowledge that the patriarchy is boring because it's not about horses. I think more people need to talk about the fact that it's, it, yes, yes, the patriarchy is harmful and damaging. And at the same time, it's also very boring. So boring. Boring. <laughs> um, yeah. So, talking of patriarchies, uh, yeah, Bavaria at this time is ruled by a monarchy. Um, like many of the monarchies in particularly Germany, these were small interconnected monarchies, kind of often descended from the Holy Roman Empire. At this point, we still have a Holy Roman Emperor. So you have a lot of dukedoms, you have a lot of electors, you have a lot of like prince elector. So these are kind of like small monarchies. The, mon the monarchy in Bavaria, super fucked up. Like Bavaria was not having a good time. So... I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into 18th century Bavarian politics. Um, <laughs> oh, but Lauren, I was so looking forward to that. But I just want to remind you of the date: 1776. Mm -hmm. The American Revolution yeah. starts in 1775. Uh, the French Revolution is going to start like in 10 years. So we have a period where we've got a lot of questioning, a lot of um, we've just had the Seven Years' War lots of fighting across the continent, lots of countries that, including Britain, have bankrupted themselves. Lots of, like, bubbling social unrest. Yes, lots of mm. bubbling social unrest. And Bavaria was no exception. So who were the Illuminati? They were a quite small, probably. It's unclear how many members they actually had, but they probably were quite small, at least to begin with. And, yeah, basically this guy, Adam Weishaupt, was like, Bavaria's fucked up, the monarchy is fucked up, you know, we're not, like, ascribing to enlightenment principles, we're not 
we're not just not having a good time so we're going to form the secret society and in the secret society we're going to bring together all of these brilliant minds and these brilliant minds are going to come together and talk about how we could be better their reasons for establishing this secret society i think are, are quite noble i respect them their methodology however just not good pretentious inherently flawed like many things born out of patriarchy uh all i can say is if they'd have rocked up to me and been like here's our proposal i'd have been like this is this is terrible how is this going to be sustained i just it just makes me think about the whole um sorry this is going to be a, a, a very um uk specific context <laughs> but like during the pandemic where our government had the brilliant scheme of eat out to help out which on the face of it you know okay we we want to help businesses that are losing yep. money good and also maybe we want to help people get out although again pandemic uh, I'm questioning that a little bit <laughs> herd immunity Mary yeah but like the, the way the way that it the way that it happened in <laughs> in the midst of a global pandemic maybe don't encourage people to go and um socialize together when you're in the middle of a of a peak and Mm -hmm. and we do know now that that scheme led to um you know quite a big spike but also just in terms of the marketing get some women on your team oh my god on your team (laughs) i'm so disappointed that this doesn't come up at every single pmqs because seriously some the, the person who is our current prime minister had a scheme called eat out to help out and nobody told him that was a bad idea nobody said to him rishi you have clearly never given head and it's you know I, I I feel this is a very like again very specific it's it just it's constantly in my head though because it's just so so stupid but it's that idea of like the intentions yeah. are good but the methodology and maybe the execution are they just missed the mark yeah they missed the mark mm. they missed it big so what was the Illuminati so unlike the Hellfire Club that were a Brotherhood essentially uh, designed to emulate and mock religious orders that was devoted to a sort of camp excess and used all of these elements of things like ritual, things like uh, monastic orders, religious orders to basically have a good time and fuck around in the woods. The Illuminati took itself very seriously, or at least Weishaupt took himself very seriously. They basically stole everything from the Freemasons because again another secret society that's not that secret so (laughs) Weishaupt was like I want to be a Freemason and he went and checked out the Freemasons and then he was like "Mm, okay what if I did it differently but also I poached a bunch of your members and I stole all your shit and the Freemasons were like what the fuck man this was our super secret clubhouse and our super like super super secret uh, symbology and now you've taken it so for example one of the most popular symbols associated with illuminati is the pyramid mm-hmm. or the triangle with the eye in the center it has a couple of different names depending on who's talking about it you will see it on money you will see it on uh you'll see it in a lot of banks and a lot of um kind of state buildings because it's meant to be not so much the all-seeing eye but the 
an, an eye that sees things, you know, it's like about knowing and about like seeing things as they are. Uh, that That is not, <laughs> the Freemasons didn't invent it. They were just one of the first people to take it and make, be like, this is ours now. And Weishaupt was like, but what if it's mine? And they were like, oh my God, mom, he's copying me. Uh, but he did it anyway. So yeah, he basically robbed a bunch of stuff from the Freemasons. Um, do you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting like Musk vibes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. I want it and I'm just going to take it. Um. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The more I tell you the story, the more that that might ring like, true. Who knows? who knows? If like, if like the social media Twitter, Twitter battle was happening, um, like the 17th yeah. century 18th century then maybe instead of a stupid x yeah we have a, a triangle with an i as the uh, the twitter logo <laughs> okay well do you want to know what the original oh, name was oh, for the illuminati <laughs> that would be really it was okay i'm gonna mess this up so yeah. badly um the bund de perfectibilisten which translates to covenant of perfect i think it's perfectibilism because perfectibilism mm. i think is a thing so they were the covenant of perfectibilism that was the name yeah that's lame <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's like can you imagine now you watch it's it's midnight you're watching youtube and some guy is like Hillary Clinton glitched and this is a sign that the covenant of perfectibilism <laughs> are running things. <laughs> Just doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, so that's what he called them at first. And um, he made all of his members use pseudonyms. And all of those pseudonyms were taken from mythology, um, primarily uh, Greek and Roman, because of course it's always Greek and Roman. Um, I mean, I know this is Europe, but come on, guys. Like North mythology is right there. Although actually, saying that now, the people that are a part of North mythology are also <laughs> that's a whole different <laughs> problem of white nationalism. <laughs> um, so they used um, the funnily enough the owl of Minerva um, as their symbol. I recently found out that owls are really fucking stupid and it just brings me so much joy. Not shocked by this. <laughs> they, so apparently to be able to swivel their heads round, they've evolved to have like no brain. <laughs> Again, can I just say, you, you are describing um, like a living being that, that also reminds me of Musk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mean to owls. I still love owls. Yeah, They're so cute. Yeah. But yeah, the reason they have such big eyes and they can swivel their heads is because they've basically got no brains. <laughs> Which, when you think about the fact that we use them as the symbol of knowledge and wisdom, is really, really funny. So I was mad that they appropriated a woman, you know, a goddess's symbol, but it's quite funny when you think about the fact that owls are actually really stupid. Um, so yeah, they use the Owl of Minerva and they're all about knowledge. They're all about the preservation of knowledge, the discovery of knowledge, and kind of the transparency of knowledge, which if you're a secret society seems counterintuitive. Like you're giving everybody code names and you're like, knowledge, but you're basically like, knowledge for us, nobody else gets the knowledge. Hoarding my knowledge, like a little knowledge dragon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. I think, I think 
again to use you know twitter as an example it's the idea of like you know oh i'm i'm such a like i'm i'm such a proponent of free speech like free speech yay like isn't you know we should uh we should have all yeah. the free speech and then when it comes down to it actually what it is that i just wanted to be able to police your speech <laughs> i wanted to be able to control and yeah. potentially restrict what you're saying yeah. i don't want you to say bad things about me but I want to yeah. be able to say whatever I want. And I think it, maybe it's that whole kind of like, you know, knowledge for everyone, but actually we're going to control like what knowledge yeah. is out there. It's like the men on Hinge who say that they want someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously. <laughs> and I've realised what that actually means is they don't want to be called out for their bullshit. It's that kind of like <laughs> one rule for me and one rule for everybody else. Okay, so overall, this is an order founded on um, enlightenment concepts. They are anti-superstition. They are anti-obstification, anti-religious power. They are not anti-religion. They are anti-religious power and anti-abusive state power. And this is because, again, you've got a monarchy that is abusing its state power. They don't necessarily have any good ideas as to what to do about that. And they never really get there. Because these messy bitches had so much drama. So much drama. I am shocked. Messy, messy, messy bitches. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're shocked to hear this. So, okay. Who was Weissout? Like, let's kind of like, now we've said, you know, this is Illuminati, this is who they are. We're not talking about the New World Order. I will mention at the end, but... I was originally going to be like, here's the history and the evolution of the Illuminati. And then I started doing the research and was like, fuck that. This episode will be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do another one another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I just, uh, I don't have the energy right now for New World Order bullshit when people like Musk are, you know, changing Twitter to X, which he doesn't even have the fucking copyright for. But that, again, that's a rant for another time. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Johann Adam Weishaupt, or Adam Weishaupt, was born in 1748, died in 1830, so establishes the Illuminati in 1776. He was formerly a Jesuit professor of canon, not canons, unfortunately. That would be fun. Canon law. I think that's fun. We have different definitions. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, canon. Oh, no, canon with one N. Um, so canon with one N is, of course, yeah. the religious canon and canon law mm. is religious law. Yeah. So he was a professor at Ingolstadt, uh, which at the time was one of the major European universities, particularly um, for kind of religious enlightenment. And if you wanted to know how to, you know, create a human out of dead body parts. Yeah, exactly. That's where that's where old Frankie baby went. <laughs> and... Yeah, he was a professor until the suppression of the Society of Jesus. So when I was doing the research for this, I was like, oh, shit, what the hell is the Society of Jesus? I don't know what Jesuit is. I started reading and then I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I remembered that my co-host on this podcast is a religious scholar. And I thought, fuck this. I'm not going to do any research. I'm just going to ask Mary. (laughs) Well, you know, there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of different kind of denominations of Christianity. So it is easy 
to get confused or you know a little bit um befuddled I often do um <laughs> at sometimes as to which you know which ones are but basically Jesuits um as I know <laughs> are, <laughs> are, they're basically like Catholics but a little bit different and maybe a little bit more into like mystic stuff um and yeah they just yeah it's just a kind of specific catholic order they're still kind of associated with um the catholic church but they also are their separate thing and they just like being all mystical yeah i guess so more mystical. yeah when i was trying to figure out why they were suppressed i basically think it was just like a threat to papal power um and obviously at this point in time not only papal power but the holy roman emperor blah 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 um there was a lot of suppressing going on at this point of time which is why yeah i mean god 1776 people are literally moving to the us at this point in time because of all the religious suppression happening so poor guy gets suppressed and we all know what happens when men feel suppressed they get big dreams Uh, (laughs) so yeah jordan Jordan peterson is what happens Yes, yes, it is. Um, man cannot live on red mm. wine and steak alone. <laughs> uh, eat a fucking vegetable, my dude. <laughs> okay, yeah. Weishaupt had big dreams. Um, he had been a Jesuit professor, particularly professor of canon law. He was an educated guy, and he, after the suppression of the Society of Jesus, really took issue with the abuses of power, abuses of religious power, and you know, saw the possibility for a Europe that could be less corrupt, more diplomatic. Of course, this is not the first time to have this would happen, would be the last time. Um, Bavaria and the the German states in general, this was actually quite a popular thing. This wasn't new, like, hello, Martin Luther. But he founds this order. (laughs) He's got big dreams. Unfortunately, it was never, ever going to be what he wanted it to be and that's partially because he had some really fucking weird ideas about how this should happen and i think this is probably partially because he was already in a weird catholic sect that had some Mm, you know slightly offbeat ideas about um how this type of enlightenment could be reached and one of those was about (laughs) i don't know how to term it basically about surveillance. So the idea that by being constantly surveyed by one another, by as a group, you're always keeping each other under surveillance, you're not going to sin. So now, now we're getting into Scientology territory. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where you have, what are they called? Where, you know, you hold those, um, those sticks and there's like yeah. a kind of dial thing and you have to go in with it's called counselling, I think, but it's basically like, you know, you're... Auditing, they call it auditing, Auditing, yeah, 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 and and you have to confess everything to this person. Yeah, everything bad you've ever done. Also, you need to be on the lookout for every other Scientologist to see if they're doing anything that a a suppressive person... Are they doing anything bad? ...would be doing, so, yeah. So this order, the Illuminati, is all based on discipline, rationalism and surveillance and again there's some idea that so like discipline being disciplined following a discipline you know having a certain code to live by rationalism 
rationalism is something that a lot of us can get behind but it's kind of like when you read about Ayn Rand for the first time Mm. and you read about objectivism for the first time and you go oh yeah actually that makes sense but then you realize that it's not flexible it doesn't work it permits fucking late stage capitalism and you know all of this bullshit so again the type of rationalism that these people were following was was quite extreme we're not talking about we're not talking about british rationalism which was kind of a little bit more flexible a little bit more acknowledging you know people like Locke and Hume that were kind of like oh well humans work like this and if we are educated and if we aren't superstitious then maybe we can you know be better this was like rationalism without acknowledging the human condition isn't that the thing that I I think this is why there's a lot of tension between like stem subjects and like arts and humanities subjects yeah 100% because how are you defining rationality and how are you defining object objectivity because yeah on a on a simple level two plus two equals four nobody's gonna say that it doesn't but there's lots of things especially when you get to stuff like AI yeah and the way that things are programmed that do actually you know that these programs and the code or the the way that that data is collected that it might seem rational but it's actually influenced by the 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 people behind it the biases which is why there's lots of like racism Mm -hmm. in in stuff like facial like um, facial profiling because the people that made it are white and they've made it to to work with white people but it doesn't work with other groups of people and it's the same with like rationality like who is actually saying what is rational and I think a lot of people think that there is a a definitive like rationality and objectivity and I think that that actually is is quite a small sliver of of our existence and there's a lot more like gray area um and and human bias in 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 things than than we might um, yeah well it's like you know that saying of like good rationality is knowing that a ton of feathers and a ton of iron weigh the same but are not the same thing and you couldn't fit them both in the same space yeah like necessarily because they are two completely different things the physicality of them is different but yeah a ton of feathers weighs the same as a ton of iron but one will be much more than the other like they're not equitable even though they Mm. are technically equal so yeah you've got rationalism discipline and surveillance honestly it's kind of it's only because these were messy fucking bitches this didn't go full cult because that is like three it's a recipe it's a recipe (laughs) it's a cult recipe there and then and you know they poached this stuff from the masons um they poached a lot of things from the masons the masons again we'll do another episode on the masons because there's an old order it has a lot Mm. of offshoots I've said this before, I'll say it again, I find it fascinating, but they steal a lot of shit from the Masons. So this isn't even new, this isn't even original. He just went, basically went to a Masonic temple and went, "Mm, I like this, but I would like it in blue. (laughs) And then was like, I made this up, this is original. Again, I'm really sorry, but like... (laughs) The, the musk analogy just writes I know, itself, you know, I... like, ooh, ooh, electric cars. I, I like this. Yeah. But also, like, I want it. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, I'm going to make them, like, death machines. Yeah, basically. Basically. So how, you know, was this ever a big thing? 
Masonic temples, obviously, all across the world, at this point, all across Europe, quite a big order. The Illuminati definitely inflated their own numbers and their own importance. And whilst I did joke about the fact that they weren't that secret of a society, they were a secret society. So it's not like you could pop your head in and be like, oh, there's only five people in there. So it's hard to tell, and because of something that happens later, whether or not this was actually big. But it seems like there was at least three or four chapters that sprang up, still mostly in the Germanic states, Mm -hmm. but across Europe. And Goethe may have been a member. (laughs) We're actually not sure. He's often listed as having been a member, but a lot of scholars are like, that is a lot of speculation. And Weishaupt probably wanted him to be a member and maybe like tried to get him to come along, but whether or not he actually was a member of the Illuminati is unclear. I mean, I read his autobiography and he doesn't mention it in there, but I guess you can take that either way, really. So... Because <laughs> <laughs> that is such a factual <laughs> So Weishaupt wanted a secular, (laughs) non-divine structure, and he wanted Mm. it to be knowledge-based. Actually, what he wanted was not a secret society. He wanted a religion. So he actually wanted this to be a secular religion, which whether or not that was ever going to be possible, I'm not sure, because this guy fucking loved ritual. (laughs) To be honest, it, this just sounds like he just wanted a bunch of friends yeah. to do stuff with. And he didn't, you know, why are men so resistant to, like, <laughs> friendship groups? Just talk about your feelings. You know, like, oh, I'm just going to, I've started this new, new secret society. Why don't you come join and we get to hang out like, a lot. A a lot. lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, interestingly, he he had this, like, vision for this secular religion that was not about the divine so this again is quite different from earlier ideas of illumination and being illuminated this was a purely knowledge-based mm. religion and part of me was like i love the idea of a knowledge like a knowledge-based faith oh my god this guy loved rituals he fucking loved rituals he was like oh yeah we're not superstitious we're anti-superstitious but we've got to do rituals again cult <laughs> Um, I think he just really did not. It's just, it's just community. It's just yeah. community building. I, just, I don't you know? think he was that charming. Right. <laughs> I think that's why it's never really hit off. But yeah, so they were an anti-establishment ritual-based secret order, which sounds like a contradiction in terms. Because yes, ritual is everywhere, and we all have our rituals, and there are certain rituals that. We don't necessarily believe in them, but the symbology of them is important. And there's a religious, um, sorry, not a religious, like a non-religious aspect or a non-spiritual aspect to some of these rituals. This is 1776. Like, just don't have a ritual. Open a coffee shop, my guy. Just do it. (laughs) Adam Smith's over in England, like, hmm, coffee shops are the future of masculinity. And this guy's like, but what if we had rituals? (laughs) What if we had rituals? I guess... I guess, like, in, if he were alive today, maybe he'd just be super into, like, D&D. No, don't say that about D&D. He, no, he wouldn't be into D&D. This is the thing. He'd be into, like, a really niche indie 
game system yeah. and like when people say they play D&D he'd be like yeah but D&D is now like run by a big company and it's part of the capitalist movement which are all things that are true but he'd be like you should come and join this one and then you'd go and play with him and you'd have a really terrible time because this like game <laughs> system he's developed would just actually not be any fun whatsoever because it would be so ridiculous that would be him he's that guy yeah so how did we get from this weird order where they've all got code names and they they surveil each other they were obsessed with surveilling each other and this is why they got so fucking messy because they're all falling out with each other there's this whole drama that happens between vice apt and the other leaders of like the other chapters i am not gonna go into because it's just petty bitches being petty bitches oh well i saw you doing this and you did this because part of this idea that was that to reach this like non-divine illuminated state was not only to follow discipline and be rational but to also be like constantly snitching on each other and they kept records on each other i again cannot tell you how similar this sounds to Scientology I know and I'm sure I'm sure lots of other cults but like that is the one that is just like you know springing out to me yeah so I full confession I tried to do some research on perfectionabilism and I was like this is outside of my wheelhouse I'm not a philosopher I'm not a religious scholar I'm I'm not gonna dig into this because I think I won't be able to do it justice but I think the surveillance thing is part of this idea that mm. this this is a really popular idea at the time. Humans are inherently bad or have inherently bad things about them. And to resist that badness or to bypass that badness, we have to hold each other accountable, but taken to an absolute extreme. Um, and this is the fate of so many secret orders. They were messy, messy bitches. Uh, they didn't get really anything done. I don't think they actually had any, like, they didn't do anything. They didn't produce yeah. anything, you know. Like, I don't think they actually had that much power or influence. But in 1785, so less, less than 10 years after the order was founded, the Duke of Bavaria said, you know what? Fuck all of you. Absolutely not. And he banned secret societies. Oh, that's the worst thing to do. Like, just just <laughs> ignore it. And it will go away. But if you ban it, then, then now you're tapping into like, you know, I guess what was like the 18th century version of cancel culture. Oh, like Yes. So basically what happened, and this is why the Illuminati exists as the idea it does today. So he bans secret societies. That includes the Masons and it includes the Illuminati and other smaller orders like the Illuminati. Because again, the Illuminati kind of not dissimilar to the Hellfire Club where it's difficult to separate fact from fiction and the way that it's snowballed like through pop culture but yeah they have all this messy drama they weren't really that much of a threat but the Duke of Bavaria is like hmm there are these orders of people out there and they don't like me and they don't like how I run things and if they were to ever get their shit together one of their goals is to bring me down because they are against the abuse of power and against the abuse of religious power or religious power in general. So he shuts that shit down and they basically fall apart. They they don't actually ever recover from that. Like some secret societies obviously either moved or they fled or they continued to meet, but with a lot more secrecy than before. The Illuminati 
they basically just fell apart. Or did they? Well, this is the thing. <laughs> why, why does this weird bunch of dudes with code names like Philo and weird rituals that are like, you know, yes, anti-powers that be, but ultimately they're just a bunch of guys like snitching on each other and arguing about who is the most rational and who's the best, who is the most illuminated. They didn't really ever actually do anything that threatening and challenging to the establishment. And they certainly didn't have that many like famous members. Yes, there's this idea that Goethe was a member, but like Weishaupt wasn't, he's not a big player. So why, why do we think of the Illuminati the way that we think of them? So before I explain this, Mary, what do you think the modern idea of the Illuminati is? Like, why are people so obsessed with the Illuminati, in your opinion? I think people are, some people are just really, really gullible. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the, the modern kind of perspective of Illuminati intersects in people's obsession with aliens yeah you know this idea that obviously people in Egypt weren't able to build those pyramids it must have been those aliens yeah there's a laptop on one of the freezers (laughs) yeah which which is very racist and also it you know it's it, it kind of overlaps with one of the most popular conspiracy theories of probably you know, the entire like time that humans have been on Earth, which is just that there is a secret group of people who are controlling and, and pulling the strings of the people in power. And it's all about, you know, the influence of this secret group who, who are yeah either the government or controlling the government and also all aspects of like political life so I think it's just Uh that kind of narrative especially given that they had that kind of those ties to but also were a little bit like and you know anti these things like it's this idea that maybe it it overlaps with that there must be some some secret conspiracy behind the powerful elites which as a conspiracy theory often Lend, you know lends itself to what or draws on like anti-semitic conspiracy theories um but yeah that yeah. would be my that would be my reason as to why the illuminati it's it's people off also um like symbols and that whole like yeah. triangle pyramid with the eye it's quite a eye-catching symbol <laughs> yeah and it does pop up a lot of places like I won't deny that it's everywhere, but not for the reason. And also, like, what, what's what's that? Is it the pareidolia, pareidolia, pareidolia yeah. effect? Sorry, I am, I am really like um, <laughs> not hitting that pronunciation. But basically, I know what you mean. Idea that I also don't know how to say it. <laughs> humans are programmed to see patterns in things. So if you start noticing a bunch of triangles or pyramids with eyes in lots of different seemingly disparate places then you might think these have to be connected there has to be a pattern because it can't be random and the thing is is that yes these things can be random but if you go back to like you know we used to be apes and 
from an evolutionary perspective, if you hear something, if you see something, and it, and it might be something dangerous, you are more likely to survive if you think, right, that's something bad, so I'm going to yeah. go and hide, yeah. I'm going to run. So we are programmed to see patterns, even when there aren't patterns, because it, it, from an evolutionary perspective, it might help us to survive. But what that means is that a lot of random patterns, <laughs> we see meaning in them yeah. where there is none. And yeah. I think that this is in a very circuitous way. That is why I would say the Illuminati as a concept has come back into vogue and has stuck around. Yes. So, yeah, that's certainly part of it. And I think there's that thing of like in an increasingly circular world, we as humans have this natural evolutionary thing where we imagine that everything is top down. We mm-hmm. automatically look for hierarchies. That's why a lot of religions are based on there's a God in the sky. So the idea that there's this, like, you know, network of people. Does this sound like this group of chuckle fox from Bavaria? No. Absolutely no. not. So why does this happen? <laughs> Guess what? It's the French Revolution, baby! <laughs> you know, I always find a way to bring it back round, but... Genuinely, this is why the Illuminati becomes this cultural concept, because in the French Revolution, um, and particularly once the Revolutionary Wars broke out, so 1797-1798 in particular, so that's like a couple years after Britain in particular entered the French Revolutionary Wars, so along with the end of the world, which is, I know, something that we've talked about before, everybody thought yeah. that, well, say everybody, a significant number of people thought that the revolution meant the world was ending. And this was the second coming. This was revelations that this meant the world was ending. Secret societies became the boogeymen because the ideas that they had were so closely aligned to the revolutionaries. And a lot of people believed that this could not possibly have come about organically in the way that it did. That somebody had to have been plotting it. Not like France borrowed its army to the American revolutions and people like Robespierre and Lafayette had all these conversations with these revolutionaries. And one of the founding fathers was literally an ambassador during this period and influenced all these revolutionaries. Definitely nothing to do with that or the fact that the monarchy was corrupt and everything else no it was definitely secret societies so in 1797 and 1798 these two really influential absolutely ridiculous pamphlets get published one is memoirs illustrating the history of jacobinism so we're now again this is when we start to link anything about rebelling against a monarchy to this Mm -hmm. idea of Jacobinism, whereas in fact, Jacobinism wasn't rebelling against a monarchy to begin with at all. It was about getting a different monarchy by this guy called Augustine Barrel and Proofs of a Conspiracy (laughs) by John Robinson. So he did not hide what that one was about. They theorized that the Illuminati and the Freemasons in particular had plotted the downfall of the European monarchy were continuing to plot the downfall. And the French Revolution was all an attempt to bring down the European powers and replace it with something new. And essentially, they merge the Freemasons and the Illuminati together. And they give the Illuminati way more power, way more scope than it ever had. Why? Because the Duke of Bavaria fucking cancels them. It's the exact same thing as what happens when like mm-hmm. the Catholic Church says, 
oh yes demons are real you legitimize panic you legitimize like things because he cancelled yeah. them because he saw them as a threat it gave them this even though they literally fell apart after that the illuminati didn't even exist by the time these texts were being written but the freemasons did and to be fair um i don't want to sound like i'm defending the freemasons <laughs> but the freemasons again are one of those orders that i think did have some good ideas to start with but we know this is a thing and this is still a thing today the freemasons um protect their own there are people that join the freemasons and then they that, that it's for like businessmen it's for professionals they do each other favors so there is some there's some you can kind of see how they got there there's these secret societies they are anti-monarchy, anti-abusive power. They kind of align with the revolution. They got some weird symbols going on. <laughs> they meet in secret. And they're like, yeah, the Illuminati is definitely responsible for the French Revolution. And also, the founding fathers of America were definitely in the Illuminati. Because the eye of providence is on the dollar bill. And everyone was like, that sounds legit. I believe you. And so the Illuminati, this group of dum-dums who never actually got anything done because they were too busy snitching on each other and infighting and kicking each other out and wrestling power away from each other and being like, you were supposed to be my best friend and now you're his best friend and you were supposed to do this with me and now you're doing this with him and stole everything from the Freemasons in the first place, become this weird mythological power that supposedly <laughs> all the most powerful people in the world have come together to like control everything so this conspiracy grows and grows and grows and grows and it's growing even in the 1800s you get a lot of panic that like one of the president so the presidential election i think in 1800 people were like the illuminati influenced that election yeah they influenced that election because they wanted this person to be president and they influenced it and this start you know this starts to take on real meaning even authors like charles brockton brown acknowledged this conspiracy theory of course what kind of novels did charles brockton brown write gothic gothic novels yeah so the illuminati panic and it's weird because this was just a secret society panic it was oh secret societies are responsible for the french revolution secret societies are dangerous secret societies are manipulating things behind the scenes i think for some reason it's just that the illuminati became maybe because their name sounded cooler than freemasons <laughs> um, or maybe because they were newer you know they mm. were founded not long after uh, the american revolution they become this weird mysterious power yeah that they never yeah. ever were and people this panic starts to spread and over the course of the 19th century this idea of the illuminati starts to take hold and it has a massive influence on American Gothic in particular. Starting with authors like Charles Brockton Brown, but then going right through the 19th and into the early 20th century, this idea of this secret society, of this elite. And it's weird because actually the original Illuminati are like against the corruption of like state power. But this idea that, yeah, there's this group called the Illuminati and they're pulling the strings in the background. It grows and grows and grows. They become the boogeyman. It influences a lot of American Gothic. Then we get to the new, the modern era, and we get 
this idea of the new world order which again, maybe we'll do a whole other episode in it, but essentially the New World Order is a conspiracy theory that cultural elites, particularly Hollywood, have some kind of agenda. They're going to destroy everything. They're going to reset. The the Great Reset was the term that QAnon used. And they have some nefarious purpose and maybe they eat children. And that's basically the Illuminati. I feel like so many conspiracy theories just get like regurgitated and recycled. Like none of these are original like no mm-hmm. one's original the Illuminati's not original and mm-hmm. QAnon's not original everyone's yeah. just ripping off of each other and really it's it's all it's all just quite boring yeah it's really boring all, all I can say though is that like I hope that the revisionism that's happened to the Illuminati which to some extent makes them sound quite cool when evidently they were not yeah <laughs> I hope that it I hope that it doesn't happen to weirdos and losers like musk you know they need to they need these people need to go down in history as being terrible people and terrible businessmen yeah and this is the thing like weishaupt is not remembered as some like amazing guy what the illuminati were and what people think the illuminati are and the gothicized cultural notion of the illuminati could not be more different like don't get me wrong if I was to have like overheard these guys in their little capes calling each other their stupid little code names, doing their rituals, I'd have been like, oh, these guys, these guys are fucking weird. I'm scared of these yeah, guys, yeah. mostly because they seem unhinged. But they were so egotistical and so like petty that they never actually got anything done. Like, at least the Rosie Cross guys wrote some manuscripts and then maybe were like, oh, these were a joke. <laughs> we're here for vibes and a good time. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting things about the Illuminati, and we will come back to this at some point, but one of the really interesting things is that even though they start in 1776, they start this, this cultural reimagining of them starts to take them back further and further. And, you know, again, I joked about Dan Brown last time, but there's people that believe that this dates all the way back to Jesus and that the Knights Templar and the Illuminati are like the same group and they've been protecting the secrets of God all this time. My issue with Dan Brown's novels, I don't mind what he writes in, in his fictional novels, but he does this thing and it's very it's a very gothic thing where he says, you know, he starts his books with the the, the story that you're about to read is is all fictional, but based on fact and here they are and like I think the the Da Vinci Code has like I don't know like a list of 10 things and it's like most of them if not all of them are also not fact but because you have that kind of like that prologue or that that preface that that suggests some kind of here's a distinction again that kind of this is fact and this is fiction when actually the line between them is, is more blurred and that whole like that whole framing device is so gothic but it irritates me because yes then you get people believing all of these absolutely nonsense like conspiracy theories yes and dan brown's fiction has become such a massive part of cultural consciousness that this yeah. pe- it's it's kind of i don't want to say that it's like paradise lost because that gives dan brown too much credit but it's the paradise lost effect that's yeah. something that has something that has essentially been produced as a work of fiction because Paradise is still a work of fiction, has become so popular that it's made its way into the canon of cultural consciousness. And people don't realise that that's not, that it's not canon. And that's not, 
it's not part it's not true bible fan fiction yeah but, but paradise lost is just so much better written <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is why i was like hesitating because i was like i don't want to say that the da vinci code is on the same level like i'm not yeah. a snob at all yeah i love i mean god a lot of gothic is it's quote unquote badly written but I yeah. feel it would be wrong of me to suggest that Paradise Lost and Da Vinci Code are on the same level but what I mean is in terms mm-hmm. of the way that something seeps into our consciousness and yeah. that people think oh every time you see every time you see a V or a chalice in a picture it's the the, the holy grail with the womb the whole time. But hey you know if you've made it this part of the episode and you know if there's one thing to take away it should be just have a look like be conscious and aware the next time you see like a triangle with a with an eye in the middle <laughs> um and yeah just just see who else is yeah. under the influence of, of the illuminati exactly hmm. so that is the history of the illuminati um which you know i know sometimes we're like oh this is gothic and this is why this literally did have an influence on the gothic it directly had an influence particularly on the development of the American Gothic and on uh, the mythos around the creation of the United States and the way that that has then been imagined through Gothic literature. But yeah, unfortunately, hate to break it to you, the Illuminati is just a bunch of dum-dums in 1700s Bavaria. Uh, Jay-Z is not in the Illuminati. There may be lizard people. I mean, who am I to say? But yeah, unfortunately, Yeah, not the same thing. I I would love to know what Adam Weishaupt would think if he could see it now. Because yes, the Illuminati is now this world famous idea, but I think he'd be really mad because it's actually so far removed from what he wanted and like what his core tenants were. Like, you know, the anti-corruption of power, anti-abuse of power. Um, It was about knowledge and and not like obscuring things. Do you know what? Do you know what, mate? You should have done a better job when starting a cult. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I mean, let's just be honest. Don't steal from the Freemasons and then do it shit. Like, (laughs) come on. He was like the wish... He's like the wish... The Illuminati with a wish.com Freemason. (laughs) On that note, this this has, as as ever, Lauren, been a delight. I've I've enjoyed this very much. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're welcome. And if you guys would like to, us to do more episodes on things like secret societies um, or, you know, particularly gothic inspired cults or you want us to touch on other weird movements throughout history like perfectionabilism, um, let us know. You can, uh, there's, I think there's like a Q&A thing on Spotify or you can comment on YouTube. I have absolutely no idea, I'm afraid, what the interface looks like on other things. But you can also email us at googleguide666 on Gmail, uh, at Gmail, not on gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram where you can follow us there and on the social media platform that shall not be named. You can still find us on Twitter. I'm happy to name it. Um, you can find yeah. us on Twitter. You, you can you can tweet us. You can w- w- whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We are the kinds of people who, who will happily <laughs> watch the ship go down. So yeah. we will be there. 
um, to watch its destruction. We will be laughing as it burns. <laughs> and you can also, I think you can comment on Kofi. And if you would like to support us, you of course don't have to, but if you'd like to support us, you can donate us to us on Kofi. But in the meantime, please like and subscribe uh, or follow us wherever you are uh, consuming this show. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay spooky. Stay safe and stay spooky. Bye. Don't join a secret society. Or unless it's ours. <laughs> ours is okay. Don't join anyone else's. <laughs>